Greetings, you are listening to, uh, or watching, um, Cantus Firmus. So, I've done a few um, podcasts in the past, sort of short podcasts, where uh, I also included uh, the text on the website, so it was kind of an article slash podcast, and I've thought about going back and um, uh, taking some of my uh, articles that I thought were kind of most uh, interesting and turning them into podcasts for people who maybe don't... Um, have a lot of time to sit and read, but would still like to get some of that information. Uh, if that's something you're interested in, let, let me know and I'll, and I'll consider, you know, <laughs> consider doing it more. But I'm going to do that today. Um, I've got an article that was published on the stream, which is a, um, you know, kind of politically conservative, uh, Christian-oriented uh, news site. And I, and I uh, happen to know one of the editors there and I had this idea for uh, an article that I was going to post here on a Cantus Firmus, and I thought, well, maybe this might be a good thing to share on the stream. It sort of hits their, uh, you know, wheelhouse or whatever. Uh, and the name of the article is, well, I think I had it titled uh, Christmas versus the State, and they went with the State versus Christmas, which I think maybe kind of makes sense because they're, uh, um, you know, it's the state that's on the offensive, I suppose. But if you're, what I, my idea was, I, I thought I'd just go ahead and read it here for those who uh, haven't, um, you know, maybe don't visit the website, my website very much, I wouldn't see a link, uh, but who listen to the podcast or watch on YouTube and I might find something like this interesting. So, around the turn of the first century AD, the Judean puppet king called Herod the Great ordered the slaughter of little boys in Bethlehem. He hoped to kill one in particular a child that some called the king of the Jews, Jesus. That was the first time a tyrant tried to cancel Christmas. The so-called war on Christmas has been a perennial American controversy. Some pundits on the right see it as a full-blown left-wing conspiracy. Uh, others on the left shrug it off as a right-wing conspiracy theory. Many of the arguments claiming a war on Christmas have been overcooked or even half-baked, but authoritarian states' tactics and motivations regarding Christmas as recently as the last century are instructive for us today. Their extreme rhetoric has made their real agendas so much more apparent. Governments in these nations have often seen the traditional Christmas story and celebration as a threat. As a result, Soviet leaders and activists parodied Christmas with alternative celebrations. The 1923 Komsomol Christmas Parade featured show trials judging Christianity. The state ordered red stars put at the top of Christmas trees, then new lyrics for Christmas hymns praising the communist revolution. Later, the party banned using fir trees as decorations, teaching the Soviet youth group The Young Pioneers a song about the importance of planting trees instead of chopping them down. Over time, the party shifted the impetus of winter celebration from Christmas to New Year's Day. They allowed the selling of New Year's trees, though they sought to stop their sale after January 1st so as to prevent people from buying them for the January 7th Eastern Orthodox Christmas celebration. Not surprisingly, the legendary Russian gift giver Grandfather Frost was associated with the Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin. The party hoped the people would see him as a kind of Soviet Santa and love him for what he supposedly gave to them. As the Soviet Empire and influence expanded, Marxist regimes altered Christmas according to how much they believed the people could tolerate. Poland's strong Catholicism made banning Christmas outright impossible. But Albanian leaders forced both Christians and Muslims underground. 
The faithful often hid their icons of St. Nicholas behind official portraits of Albania's head of state, Enver Hoxha. The Nazis had a different ideological fixation on militaristic ethnic nationalism and the old Norse gods. This created obvious conflict with the Christmas message about the Jewish God becoming a man and giving his life for the sins of humanity. German publisher Hermann Ulstein wrote in 1943 about shops in Berlin and Munich that displayed posters reading, Down with the Christ who allows himself to be crucified. The German God cannot be a suffering God. He is a God of power and strength. A 1937 article in the State Policy and Propaganda Organ, and this is German, so we'll see how I do here, the uh, Neue Gemeinschaft reflected on the inherent contradiction between German values and Christmas. It highlighted the need to give inherited customs a new content consistent with the Volksgemeinschaft, or people's community. The author, Hans Kremer, went on to write a holiday or ceremony should, quote, mobilize the spiritual or emotional strengths of the community for national socialism. For example, Christmas is an inherited holiday about a theoretical peace for all of humanity. There is no national or social necessity to believe in this. However, we can present it as a holiday of actual domestic national peace. If we make visible the blessings of this actual peace, along with its foundations and requirements, then Christmas doubtless can be a high point in the course of the political year. Both according to popular custom and popular view, the Christmas holiday can justifiably be seen as a festival of the nation. A Christmas ceremony should arouse confidence in our ability to lead the people spiritually." Unquote. In other words, the spiritual needs of the people should be met not by devotion to Christ, but to the state. It should be no surprise then that they taught children to sing a new version of Silent Night. Quote, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. Only the Chancellor stays on guard. Germany's future to watch and to ward, guiding our nation aright. Adolf Hitler is Germany's star, showing us greatness and glory afar, bringing us Germans the might. Indeed, the state regularly excised or downplayed the distinctively Christian elements of Christmas. In 1938, the state banned carols and nativity plays in German schools. Advent calendars sent to families had a solstice symbol on the front cover. For Christmas Eve, the calendar displayed German soldiers surrounding a fallen comrade's grave and a list of countries the Nazis had conquered. This put the old religion of paganism and the new religion of ethno-nationalist militarism front and center while hiding the real meaning of the Christmas celebration. Where the Nazis saw strong faith among the people in spite of their propaganda, they tried to reshape it by placing their people in positions of authority in the churches. They sought to craft a new German Christianity by removing Jewish elements and repainting Jesus as an Aryan hero betrayed by the Jews. Nearly 2,000 years separate Herod from Stalin and Hitler, but they operated by similar rationales. Eliminate the competition. Herod the king wasn't about to have anyone challenge his authority, not even a little baby born in a manger. Stalin knew that the tyrant's chief weapon, the fear of death, was useless if the people believed in another king who would raise them up and reward them for their faithfulness. Hitler's motivations were no doubt similar. The Nazis couldn't dislodge all of Christianity from the German people, but they could place Hitler and his platform at the center of German religion. It was good enough, they thought. As historian Jerry Bowler wrote in his book, Christmas in the Crosshairs, quote, a totalitarian government can allow no spiritual rivals, no organizations or systems of thought that have a higher allegiance in the state, unquote. 
uh, uh, in parentheses, I wrote, this book was my source for many of the stories in this article. So then, what about today's War on Christmas? It's obviously far more benign than the wars Hitler and Stalin waged on the holiday. It has this in common with them, though. All of them have been spurred on by a desire to create a more unified nation with shared values and customs to serve a political end. The same desire shows in President Dwight Eisenhower's call for a generic civil religion. Quote, Our government makes no sense unless it is founded on a deeply felt religious faith, and I don't care what it is. <laughs> Unquote. There's a lesson for us here then, or at least a question. Is it more dangerous to take the Christ out of Christmas or to insert the state into it? Whichever your answer, the faithful Christian should want no part of either. And that's the end of the article. Uh, I thank the uh, stream for being willing to uh, publish it, and I hope that you found it interesting, illuminating, uh, historically significant, and uh, uh, presently relevant. <laughs> um, I think, you know, for those who are familiar with my work on stuff like Fight the Powers, I obviously have a deep concern about uh, the state co-opting um, religion or trying to sort of um, regulate it, put its, create it almost like a civil religion. And, um, you know, I don't really talk that much about the modern kind of contemporary war on Christmas stuff, although I do, I do kind of give this, that background as kind of a, um, um, kind of a filter for a way to think about it. Um, but obviously that kind of thing happens on the right as well as on the left. There's this desire to create a kind of politicized, um, Christian religion, um, which doesn't really match with <laughs> what we read in scripture, but it serves uh, the flag and, um, you know, the military industrial complex or whatever. And so um, I guess my advice to, to Christians would be, um, you know, to not allow that to happen. You know, uh, if, if, Chris, if Christmas is, is a celebration of the birth of Christ and everything that comes with that, um, then don't allow that to be lost uh, in your celebration of Christmas. And certainly don't allow the, uh, the state to put itself in the place of Christ or to make Christ a mouthpiece of the state um, or to pretend that Christ in some way sanctions the state. Um, anyway, uh, it was a fun article to uh, research and to write, and I uh, appreciate you uh, being here to listen to it. You can check it out on the stream. Um, I'll make sure that there's a link, uh, Cantus Firmus, um, if you'd like to read it and share it. Thank you so much.